Chapter Nineteen of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen. Before they call, I will answer. Corliss Elliot waited for no word from the president, but directly he was permitted to enter, went straight toward him and spoke rapidly. President Chambers, I was just coming to ask if I might speak with you for a moment when Jackson told me you had sent for me. I want to ask your pardon, sir, for the very disrespectful words that I spoke last night. I was so excited and angry that I did not realize what I was saying. I told you the truth, sir, in every particular. But I can see, upon reflection, that under the circumstances you are perhaps justified in not believing me, and, in any case, I ought not to have said what I did. Sit down, Elliot said President Chambers, motioning the young man to a seat. I want to have a little talk with you. There are two of us, it seems. I sent for you in order to tell you that I evidently spoke last night without due consideration. Within an hour after my words with you, information came to me that proved the truth of your statements with regard to the Belmont House disgrace. I am more glad than I can perhaps make plain to you to learn that you were not present that evening, and are not in any way associated with the affair. At the same time, I learned another thing that caused me pain. Are you willing to tell me where you were on Tuesday evening? Elliot's face flushed, but he answered quickly, I will tell you, sir, although I cannot say that I like to do so. I spent the evening and the greater part of the night at a country hotel called The Wayside, about five miles from my own home. It is a disreputable place, and my father has never approved of my stopping there, even on business. Nevertheless, I thought I had business that evening which would justify my going. Are you willing to tell me the nature of the business? In part, yes. I had reason to fear that a young person in our own neighborhood had been led into trouble and was in danger of being led farther. So, on the impulse of the moment, I went out there to learn the truth if possible. It came to nothing, and I am sorry I went. But that is where I was on Tuesday night. The President's grave face lighted with the semblance of a smile. I am very glad to hear it, he said heartily. For one thing, I am glad to have an authentic witness to what occurred at the wayside on that evening. I am not unaware that some of our own students were the planners of that choice entertainment, and I need hardly tell you that all the circumstances connected with it will be most carefully inquired into. You may be able to do the college good service by helping us to put down this form of iniquity." I congratulate you on having learned that none of the girls of your own neighborhood were implicated in the disgraceful affair. And now, with regard to the $50 banknote that you left at Wellington's, no light has been thrown upon its mysterious disappearance, but, in view of the light that has come to me from other sources, I am prepared to ask your pardon for my last night's insinuations, and to assure you that I have this morning no hesitancy in taking your word that you did with it just as you said. For the first time since his troubles had come upon him, Corliss Elliot felt a choking sensation in his throat, and knew that, if he had been a girl, 
he would have burst into tears thank you he said with difficulty it is very good of you indeed after all the lies you overheard me tell in fun but i assure you president chambers i never told a lie in earnest in my life i could hardly belong to my father's family and not be true i can well believe that said the president heartily i know your family very well and i knew your grandfather but i wonder if i may remind you that when you get your sport in such ways you are playing with edged tools poor corliss's face flushed deeply i should think myself an idiot he said if i had not learned that lesson but president chambers what can have become of the fifty-dollar note the president shook his head i don't know elliot we will not go into that it is one of the mysteries that perhaps may never be explained suffice it to say that i entirely exonerate you from all blame in the matter but i cannot have it left so sir it must be found there are two of us who will suffer unjustly all our lives if it is not you gave it to young esterbrook elliot i laid it down before his eyes and he said he would attend to it in a moment and would send up the receipt and you have entire confidence in esterbrook i would as soon think of my appropriating the money as of his doing it i am glad to hear you say so elliot i too have strong confidence in that young man therefore as i say it must for the present remain a mystery but let me repeat my assurance just at that moment came a knock at the door and jackson's head appeared a note for you sir marked haste the president held out his hand broke the seal glanced through the contents with a smile on his face that grew as he read then rising he went over to elliot and held out his hand let me congratulate you my boy i am glad that i assured you of my perfect faith in your word the missing note is found there isn't even the dignity of a thief in the matter esterbrook is humiliated to the dust to find it with some refuse paper in his own waste-basket that afternoon john stuart made the elliot horses travel faster than they had ever been known to do in their short and easy lives he left them at the gate uncared for while he hurried into the kitchen and intercepted hildreth on her way to her father's room with a tray of tea and toast a telegram for you miss elliot as he spoke he took the tray from hands that trembled and waited while they tore open the fateful yellow messenger mrs elliot coming at that moment from the sick-room waited her face very pale only for a second then hildreth laughed and her mother's heart went on beating again what is it dear it is from corliss mother it says okay hallelujah and not another word beside corliss was having some trouble in college that he did not want you worried with and is safely out of it trouble in college repeated mrs elliot wonderingly about his studies do you mean hildreth your father is calling and hildreth was spared the duty of replying her way through difficulties was less bright than corliss's had been she found it very hard to determine just what ought to be done 
the interview with john was not so trying as she had expected she had said that if it were only one of her scholars to whom she was indebted for shielding elfrida she would be grateful and behold it was thomas the dullard and blunderer john kept his share of the proceedings in the background from his standpoint what he did was the merest commonplace that would have been done as a matter of course by any employee of mr elliot hildreth felt soothed by his manner but no sooner had she left him than she began to reflect that it was very unlike the manner of the average working man once or twice he had appeared strangely embarrassed beginning a sentence that seemed to have a suggestion of helpfulness in it and then suddenly ceasing before it was completed did he know more than he had chosen to tell her no that could not be for his story had been very direct and explicit he had not hesitated nor compelled her to question him for particulars yet there was something strange about him she dismissed him from her mind and took up elfrida's problem could she wait until her father was better and ask his advice no manifestly she could not circumstances settled that point all too promptly despite vigorous exertions on the part of john stuart that she knew nothing about a painful publicity was given to the affair a scandal such as gossips love to feed on had arisen in connection with that evening at the wayside house and reporters travelled everywhere hungry for every particular that could in the merest degree be connected with it being skilful in putting together particulars that it needed a microscope to make it fit the central story under such circumstances it became simply impossible to keep hints about elfrida out of the daily papers her name was mercifully and by great effort suppressed but a certain class of reporters know how to prepare a dish so marked in its flavor that although even its initials be not given those who pass may recognize it they found an efficient helper in laura holcomb who having been sharply reprimanded even by her own parents for her share in the disgrace was sulky and took revenge by telling freely all she knew about the correspondence between elf elliot and the unknown college boy and the engagement to drive with him without the knowledge of her own family laura had even discovered in some way john's share in that evening's programme and this made a most toothsome morsel for the reporters it was not that laura holcomb was malicious to that extent she even cried when she found that some of her talk had gotten into the papers and was plain enough for all acquainted with the locality to understand she had not meant to brew deep mischief for her friend but simply to talk while she was angry and could find interested listeners who were not too scrupulous in repeating what they heard possibly it was a salutary and certainly a much-needed lesson for laura they had selected two names from the college catalogue and written each a letter laura holcomb fully understood that it was only because the name that she happened to choose belonged to a gentleman who took no notice of it that she was not in a like plight with her friend no i am wrong it is doubtful if she would under any circumstances have gotten herself into such a plight 
she understood this wicked world much better than Elfrida did, and belonged to that wretched class of human beings who can urge another on to depths that they themselves are too wise to descend. The one had sinned ignorantly, as a child, the other had held back like a girl who knew too much about the world of sin, and the older sister, weeping and praying, realized, what the sisters and mothers of today are so slow to learn, that ignorance is not a shield. If she had only talked more plainly with Alfie, instead of trying to shelter her and keep her in ignorance of the dangers that lie in wait for the unwary. Meantime, she wrought as well as prayed. That photograph, which ought never to have been sent, must be recovered. After careful deliberation, she resolved to write for it herself. Indeed, there was no one else to do it. She considered the wisdom of putting the matter into Corliss's hands, and decided that she must not. Corliss was young, and not too discreet where his feelings were engaged, and he was in the same building with the offender. A serious quarrel might result if he undertook to have an interview with Augustus Sayer Hooper. She wrote the letter, such a one as Hildreth Elliot could write on occasion, and let us hope that the said Augustus Sayre Hooper arose from its perusal with, for once, a true opinion of himself. He wrote a reply that made Hildreth's indignation burn, but he returned the photograph. The sarcasms in his letter may have been increased by the fact that he was not finding the way of the transgressor easy. The files of President Chambers's wrath had been poured out upon him, and prompt expulsion from college had followed investigation. His only solace was that he did not suffer alone. There may possibly also have been a drop of comfort in the thought that the results of his ill-doings were not so far-reaching nor so disastrous as were those of two of his boon companions." It had, of course, been impossible to save Corliss the knowledge of Elfrida's share in the disgrace. Indeed, the evening papers would have enlightened him, had he heard from no other source. His pain and shame, when the astounding facts first revealed themselves to him, it would be impossible to describe. He told Hildreth afterwards, that, but for President Chambers's thoughtful sympathy and unfailing kindness, it seemed to him that he should have died. To think that the ignorant country girl that he had rushed away to try to warn and save had been his own beautiful young sister, his playmate and darling. It is a factory town, sir, he had explained to the president before he knew this terrible fact, and there are girls by the dozen who are densely ignorant of the common proprieties of life. My sister is trying to help them in every way that she can, and I thought it might possibly be one in whom she was interested. I understand, President Chambers had said. It was noble in you, Elliot. But his voice had had a curious, almost a pitying, note in it. Corliss had wondered at the time, and his face had burned over it afterwards. Even then, probably, President Chambers had known who the girl was. Smarting under the shame of it all, he wrote such a letter to his young sister as he regretted afterwards, and she cried over it as nothing up to that time had made her cry. 
in truth she poor girl was having a lesson that might well be sufficient for a lifetime it was not enough that she had all but broken the heart of her father and mother for the day came when they too had to know the whole and made the faces of brother and sister burn with shame for her but the neighborhood that portion of it which was least to be respected got hold of scraps of her story and imagined more and tossed it back and forth on rude and careless tongues till there were many who began to look askance at her and speak of her as that elliot girl and to say that no wonder her father was so ill it is a wonder that he did not die and that they had always thought elf elliot a bold acting girl and that they guessed hilldress pride would be taken down a little now and other helpful and sympathetic words came by one source and another back to elfrida until she fairly shunned the daylight and was in such a deplorably nervous state that it was judged wise to keep her out of school though this hildreth regretted for her bitterly knowing what an ordeal it would be for her when the time came that she must return the time came speedily to this watchful sister when she felt only pity for the poor flower whose brightness had been crushed before it was really time for her to bloom undoubtedly she had done wrong and of course she ought to have known better but then she had sinned so ignorantly and so childishly she had honestly believed in all the fine theories that augustus sayre hooper had spun for her on paper she had thought that through her a friend rich and wise and powerful had been introduced to the family who would do vaguely wonderful things for corliss and all the rest of them hildreth as she went carefully over the letters anxious to know just how much poison had been scattered through them could not but admit that the young man had a talent for writing most of the letters were sparkling with fun and the compliments though lavish were so gracefully worded that it was not surprising that one as young as elfrida had been pleased with them to hildreth's older eyes there was an offensive undertone that led her to see distinctly from what depths of shame and pain their darling had probably been rescued if the child had only shown her the letters why had not this been done why were not she and elfrida so intimate that nothing of this kind could have been carried on without her knowledge there was not so great a difference in their ages that confidential relations between them should be unreasonable she was only a trifle over four years the elder had she been too much absorbed in her more mature and cultivated tastes so that the child had instinctively drawn away from her as unsympathetic could she not have interested herself more heartily in the merry schoolgirl's pursuits and plans if she had tried and so been able to shield her some very searching thoughts were hers during the reading of those letters and some strong resolves were born in them resolutions that were near to breaking within the hour it tried her to see elfrida weeping bitterly over the burning of those same letters i can't help it sobbed the child he may not be good but his letters were lovely nobody will ever write such nice things to me again people look at me as though i were not fit to speak to and i didn't mean any harm 
I don't believe he knows that he has done wrong. He wouldn't do anything to hurt me for the world. And then the sister knew that she must be very wise and very patient. More than mere fun was involved in this dangerous escapade of her sister's. The young villain had reached and awakened her girlish heart. End of chapter 19